This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. And welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. Today, we're going to be talking about seven keys to retire during a recession. So if you're planning to retire during a financial downturn, there is a lot of different things that you have to keep in mind that are a little bit different than just a garden variety old retirement when markets are good. When you're retiring or thinking about retiring, when markets are down, when there's economic uncertainty ahead, when we have global geopolitical concerns out there, that can create kind of a scary environment to actually pull that retirement trigger. Not to mention that for most people, their portfolios are definitely down less than they were six months ago or even a year ago, maybe even a couple years ago. So when you're thinking about retiring during a recession, there are some unique things that you might want to consider specific to doing that in this time frame. Our goal as fiduciaries, which is always acting in your best interest, is to make sure that if you do make the decision to retire, you go into it eyes wide open. You understand how all of these different factors could affect your retirement and that you set up your life in such a way so that you have the best probability of never running out of money. All right, so today we're going to go ahead and talk about seven key things. I'm going to list them out, and then I'm going to dive deeper into them. These seven key things are going to be unique things that are really going to be important to help you plan retirement during a recession. All right, number one, look at financial projections. Number two, evaluate your portfolio. Number three, consider your future work options. Number four, understand the health expenses out ahead of you. Number five, review your social security benefits. Number six, consider lowering your living expenses. And number seven, talk to other people. All right, so these are the guidelines that you really want to follow if you're retiring during a recession. They're, they're a bit unique. So let's first of all, let's dive into the financial projections piece of this. All right, you can use technology to help you plan and project what life is going to look like financially for you in the future. It can help you keep track of the available financial resources, can help you create a retirement budget. <laughs> we call that the B word in our office, the budget word. Nobody likes to do that. But these software pieces are available out there. And when you're looking at projections, there are a number of key things you really want to keep in mind. Not only do you want to understand the assets that you're starting with that are going to help take you through retirement, but you also want to understand the income sources that are going to come in and the expenses that are going to go out. And then finally, you have to factor in things like potential growth on your assets, but also potential inflation. Inflation is a really hot topic right now. We all know that inflation is higher than it has been in the past. So how can that actually affect your retirement lifestyle? That's part of what a good financial projection is supposed to do. It's in If it's in your best interest to wait a year or two, a fiduciary is going to let you know that. If it's in your best interest to move some things around, a fiduciary is going to let you know that. Ultimately, the goal of a good retirement plan is to get you retired when you want at the lifestyle you want so you can enjoy the life that you want. And a projection is going to really help you nail down whether or not those possibilities all line up or if there's some gaps in the planning and some gaps in what you're looking at. Now, if you're not techie, 
If you don't want to go buy software, you don't want to try to figure this out on your own, that's what a financial planner it, that does retirement projections is completely capable of doing. So if you don't want to do that yourself, and since this is step one of what I'm saying, retiring during a recession should include, you might want to talk to a financial planner who is a fiduciary who's going to work in your best interest to tell you whether or not retirement at the level that you want is possible or if it's really going to be a stretch. Okay, so financial projections is one thing, but the next thing is evaluating your portfolio. So you've probably been saving for decades for retirement, and you probably have various investment accounts kind of scattered around. Most of the time when someone comes to us, they have little retirement accounts scattered around. They have their 401k from their current job, but they may have 401ks from old jobs out there, old IRAs, investment accounts with a buddy that used to be in the business, things like that. So most of the time, your accounts are not necessarily coordinated. They're a bit scattered. So in evaluating the portfolios, number one, you want to just try to figure out what the scope of everything is. What is it that you have for retirement? How are they set up? How do they coordinate? And that's what needs to be done before you even figure out if the investments inside them are any good. <laughs> so understanding under the umbrella of what you have that's going to support you through retirement during a recession really is the first part of evaluating that portfolio. Now, most retirees are no longer in the wealth accumulation side of their life. Now they're in the wealth distribution side of their life. And there is a different art and science when it comes to investment management between wealth accumulation and wealth distribution. Many people are going to live for decades in retirement. Some people live 20, 30, even 40 years in retirement. So how do you ensure that that portfolio is set up in the right way in order to make sure it carries you through, especially if you're starting that retirement during a time of economic challenge? All right. So number one, when you're evaluating the portfolio, you have to look at the quality of the different holdings inside your portfolio. Is every single holding something that's average? below average or above average? Where do your holdings sit? This is done by something called peer group analysis. So we actually use Morningstar in my office to determine whether or not every fund, every ETF is average, below average, or above average compared to their peer group or the different other funds, other holdings available in that same asset class. Funds in the same asset class typically are playing in the same sandbox. They're all using the same pool of different stocks or bonds to invest in. And so if they're all trying to do the same thing with the same type of assets with the same risk level, we can quantify who's better and who's not. So when you think about evaluating that portfolio, once you figure out what all you have to support you during retirement, then you got to figure out the quality. Sometimes we call that figuring out the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> And, and here's the thing about this and why a portfolio analysis like that is so important is there are some funds that are great and there are some funds that are terrible. Don't you want to know of your holdings, which ones are great and which ones are terrible? And if you do have something terrible, how long has it been bad? And, and if you do have something that's been terrible for quite some time, why would you want to continue to hold it? Wouldn't you want to know that so you can consider repositioning some things to give you the best chance of recovery when we do come out of the other side of the recession? Okay, so 
evaluating your portfolio, like I said, has several pieces to it, figuring out what you have, figuring out the quality, and then you have to go into the risk conversation. So if you've listened to me before, you've heard me talk about the now, the soon, and the later buckets, about how bucketing your money for retirement makes sense and aligning the risk level of the money with the time frame in which you want to use it. So the next part of evaluating that portfolio that is so super critical, especially during a recessionary or economic challenge or down market time, is figuring out how do you readjust your risk levels? When do you readjust them during a recession to help support you through the next three years, the next five years, the next 10 years, and then the rest of your retirement? You know, the biggest mistake that I see people make when it comes to adjusting risk levels and thinking about retirement is they get close to retirement and they say, oh, I got to get the risk off the table. Man, I got to get everything to something conservative. And the reality is the pro there's a problem with that. There's an inherent flaw with that thinking. And that is you may live an awfully darn long time in retirement. And if you take all the potential of future growth for long-term kind of growth risk off the table, your assets may not grow over time enough to actually do what you want them to do for you in retirement. The other problem that I see is people completely ignore the risk side of it. They leave everything super aggressive and now we're you know, in a down market and they've just lost 30% of their portfolio and they're saying, oh my gosh, I don't know that I can retire. So regardless of whether you had bucket planning set up, regardless of whether you already had your time frame that you're going to spend your money aligned with risk levels and the different accounts of your money. If you haven't done that, there's still a way to do it. Even during a down market, you can do it and you can figure out what's the best way to shuffle money and when the best time to shuffle money is to get your buckets in a row. So evaluating that portfolio, that has several steps on it. First, you got to do the projections, then you got to evaluate the portfolio. Now, after that happens, comes a critical point. Now that you know what your portfolio is set up to do, and now that you've got the projections in your hand, and you can see whether or not what you've accumulated, the wealth you've accumulated for retirement, what it can do for you in the future, you're going to have a really good idea of whether or not this plan to retire now works, or maybe you need to work <laughs> And when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about considering your work options and some things to think about from a work perspective when you're actually wanting to retire during a recession. Congratulations to Mary Stirk and the team at Stirk Financial for earning a spot on two Forbes lists, Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors and Forbes Top Women in Wealth for five years running. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about the seven key steps to being able to retire during a recessionary timeframe. Whether the market's down, whether your portfolio's down, how can you best set yourself up for a strategic, confident retirement, even when all those things are lined up against you? So we've talked about obtaining financial projections. We've talked about the steps to go into evaluating your portfolio. Now that you know that information, we're going to talk about work. So when you go through your retirement planning and your projections, sometimes you're going to see a gap. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you have everything lined up right, looks like smooth sailing, even with down markets in the future, you still can withstand a retirement and you don't need to have that income coming in. 
But for some people, there's a gap there and the gap needs to be filled by income. Now, when you think about your work, usually if you're wanting to retire, there's a reason that you're wanting to retire. It could be a health concern. It could be you're tired of the stress of your work, or maybe you just want to spend some more time with your family, your kids, your grandkids, things like that. So for individuals who are healthy enough to continue working, staying employed for another year or two in a similar type of income position might need to be a discussion that you have with your advisor. Or it could be something that maybe it's time to take a step back from the stressful job that's a higher income paying job, but move to something that's part-time, that's more enjoyable, that more suits your passions, and it's not so much about the hourly wage or how much you can make from that. It's more about having some income coming in to fill a gap that you might be willing to do for a longer time. So when you give somebody the choice between staying the job that's stressing you out for another two years or work part time at something you really love, but you're going to have to do that for six years You'd be amazed about how the shuffling starts to occur in terms of what do they think their quality of life is going to be? Do you want that stress or are you willing to trade longer amounts of time for smaller amounts of work? So those are the kind of questions that you really have to think about. One of the other things that comes along with continued working really has to do with continued savings then. If you are retiring and you're gonna work part-time, you might not have much that you're really dovetailing into savings. But if you're gonna stay in a job and work for a year or two longer so that you can fix that gap, if that's the choice you make, you also have the double whammy in your favor of additional savings, whether it's more money going into your 401k, catch-up contributions, investments that you're making on the side, things like that. So additional work dovetails with additional savings, depending on what your work choice is and evaluating those work options and how they fit into your plan of retiring during a recession is really important. Okay, now we're going to step away from just the pure investment side of things and the work side of things, and we're going to talk about health. So Health can be a huge issue. I mean, coming out of a pandemic in the last few years, we know that never has our health been so connected to our wealth. <laughs> and so you have to look ahead at what the health expenses are going to be. If you're somebody who's looking to retire before a Medicare age, which is currently 65, then you have to figure out what you're going to do to bridge the gap on health insurance between the time you retire and the time you can hit Medicare. So, you know, it might be COBRA, staying on your company's uh, health plan for a while. It might mean going out into the open market. If you go into an ACA type of plan, it's an Affordable Care Act type of plan, that's also based on, the cost of it's based on your income. So there are certain ways that you might be able to structure your income to bring it down to a certain level to get your health care costs to be lower. That's a that's a very, very complicated dance that you have to work with your CPA and your financial advisor and yourself to figure out how that can all work if you're trying to bring down those health insurance costs. But don't just stop at the cost of health insurance, which is, by the way, incredibly expensive. When we are budgeting for an early retirement and somebody not being at Medicare age, we recommend that you plan to spend at least $1,000 per month per person on your health care. 
So that might cover the premiums and then some of your co-pays. But for a lot of people, that's just going to hit that premium level. So the health expenses is a really, really big, important part of this. You might want to think about waiting to retire until you do hit Medicare if the pure cost of health insurance is going to eat a tremendous amount of your retirement budget or assets. So that's something to definitely keep in mind. Then you also need to review your Social Security benefits. So if you've worked and you've paid taxes into the Social Security program and you've done that for 40 quarters or 10 years, then you're going to be eligible for some type of retirement benefit. Now, you can get a personalized estimate of your Social Security through your online Social Security account or through a paper statement that you're getting. Now, it used to be that we would get paper statements once a year, and if you're like most people, you've noticed that slowed down. So depending on your age, you might get them every five years in the mail, or you might get them every three years, and then maybe when you get closer to retirement, you're getting it every year. But you also can go out to ssa.gov, and you can create an online social security portal for yourself so you can see the social security estimates that you have in your future. So you can begin Social Security as early as 62, and it gets bigger if you wait. Now, the latest that you would ever want to wait is age 70 because it doesn't get any bigger beyond age 70. There's a piece in here called your full retirement plan or your full retirement age with Social Security that's anywhere between 66 and 67, and your statement's going to show you that. And what, what's important about that really has to do with how much you can earn if you're working and taking that Social Security. So if you take Social Security before your full retirement age, anywhere between 62 and your full retirement age, then you have a limit on how much you can make without having to pay your Social Security back. So going back to that part-time job or deciding to work longer piece, if you're going to work longer or if your part-time job is going to be more than the allowable amount for Social Security income, then you're going to want to rethink when you trigger that Social Security. Because let me tell you, the last check <laughs> that you want to write is writing one back to Social Security. Holy cow, nobody wants to write that check for sure. So you're going to trigger them anywhere between age 62 and age 70. Depends on your work situation and things like that. Now, a lot of people think, well, I should start taking Social Security as soon as I can because I don't know how long I'm going to live and I want to make sure I get as much back from the program as I can. Totally legit thought, especially if you have health issues or you don't have a lot of longevity in your family. But the bottom line is, we just don't know how long we're going to live. And so you really are not going to know if the age you trigger Social Security was a good idea until you're like in your late 80s. <laughs> if you live long enough, you will wish you took it later. If you don't live as long as you'd like to, then you'll be glad you took it sooner. So no crystal ball there to know exactly what's right. But figuring out how Social Security plays into your retirement during a recession is the key thing here I want to get across. All right, next we're going to talk about lowering your living expenses. If you're close to paying off a mortgage or if you're close to paying off a major debt, the best thing you can do is try to get that done before you actually retire. If there's ways that you can trim things out of your budget that you aren't really going to miss, that's ideal to think about doing, especially if you're retiring during a recession. Why? Mostly because of inflation. You know, inflation goes up, inflation goes down. 
right now inflation is higher than it has been in the past. It means it costs more for you just to live. So if there's ways to eliminate certain expenses that don't matter to you as much, then this is a good time to do that because it's going to have a good long-term effect on your spending patterns and how long your money will last in retirement. So aim to shave expenses as you plan if you can, and you might be able to downsize your budget while still living completely comfortably when you are retired. All right, the last thing I wanna talk about is this, talking to others. Talk to friends who have retired. Talk to loved ones who have retired. Try to find people who have retired during good economic times and people who have retired during poor economic times. Get a feel from them what their experiences were so you go into this eyes wide open. And along the lines of talk to someone, Talk to an advisor, especially to get those projections and do that performance evaluation on your portfolio. Make sure that you've got your investments lined up with that risk tolerance aligning with the time frame of when you're going to spend money. Thinking about the tax strategy that goes into that is important too. And those are all the things that a fiduciary who's a financial planner will be able to help you with when you're trying to put all the pieces of retiring during a recession into place. So talk to people, talk to advisors, get your ducks in a row in order to comfortably retire during a recession. All right, to recap, here's the seven keys again. Number one, look at financial projections. Number two, evaluate your portfolio. Number three, consider your work options. Number four, understand your health expenses. Number five, review your social security benefits. Number six, consider lowering your living expenses or paying off large debts before you retire. And number seven, talk to other people who you trust. I hope this has been valuable for you as you're planning to retire during a recession. And thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. You should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Stirk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list includes 10 recipients per state. The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data. Rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The award is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews. There is no fee in exchange for rankings. Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.